Next Chapter Podcast. What's up, everybody? Before we start the show today, I want to mention a show I think you'll dig from Next Chapter Podcast. It's called Scopophilia. I love movies. I love watching them. I love reading about them. I love talking about them. I love everything about movies. But on this podcast, host Becky Teller takes it to a whole other level. In each episode, she and her guests go deep on some of the most beloved Hollywood hits, but with an added layer to the conversation as she interviews people about their favorite films. Wow, this sounds exactly like my show. They talk about how the world they grew up in shaped how they see cinema classics like Mulholland Drive, When Harry Met Sally, Do the Right Thing, and Misery. So be sure to join the millennial movie movement and listen to Scopophilia wherever you listen to your podcasts or go to ncpodcast.com slash Scopophilia to learn more. Just so you know, it's spelled S-C-O-P-O-P-H-I-L-I-A, because that is a meaty word. Back to the show. The 500. The 500. J-A-M been walking us down. So it ain't nothing to new Hundreds more to go And in need of a friend The king of peace for Angelo Talking the 500 until the end Talking the 500 until the end With my man J.M. On the 500 Talking the 500 until the end My coat of many colors I was rich as I could be In my coat of many colors My mama made for me Oh, what a good song. Coat of Many Colors is by Dolly Parton off of a record of the same name. It's also number 301 out of 500 on the 500. Hi, Fleece Army. Hope you got your hoodies and your shirts on because we love you. You want to come see me live? I got a bunch of dates. Uh, I'm headlining the Albany Funny Bone September 9th and 10th. I will be with Bill Burr at the Capital One Arena on September 15th in Washington, D.C. I'll be with him also in Philadelphia September 16th at the Wells Fargo Center. Then you can see me at JFL Toronto for all my Canadians. Mark, you better be there. So should Crazy Evan. You better be there September 23rd through the 25th. Then I'm going to see the Mars Volta on September 29th. I'm excited about that. Uh, I'm taking mushrooms and going to see uh, Roger Waters tonight at MSG. That's going to rule. If you're in Connecticut, I'll be at Mohegan Sun headlining October 6th through the 8th. Then I will be at Skankfest October 14th through the 16th in Vegas. Then I'll be at the St. Louis Funny Bone October 20th through the 22nd and then my drummer Nick's getting married in New Orleans on the 23rd and then I'm not doing shit for Halloween because I'm not like a Halloween guy I don't I don't dress up for Halloween uh, November I'll be at the comedy cellar in Vegas so come out to that then I'll be in Rhode Island 
December 9th through the 10th, and Plano, Texas, House of Comedy, December 29th through the 31st. Just come. And then there's other shit throughout 2023. I feel like that's too much already. There's somebody that's already like, he's promoting himself too much, but you know what? I gotta pay my bills, bruh. You can get tickets to all of those shows at joshadammyers.com and follow me on all social media at Josh Adam Myers. I post clips daily, man on the street shit, where I'm offering people up nuggets of uh, what's their favorite album, what Beatle do you think has the biggest dick. There's so much great shit on my social media right now. The Felice Army is growing, and I can't thank you guys enough. Uh, I have two new podcasts coming out, uh, soundtracks, so be on the lookout for that. Also, you can catch me on Himbo's, which is just the most ridiculous thing ever with me and Justin Silver on the Bonfire Network. Uh, It rules, man. Times are good. Making moolah. Enjoying life. And you know who else needs to enjoy life? The cast and crew of the show. So join the Patreon. Patreon.com backslash the 500 podcast. Come on, everybody. We need your money. $5 gets you a whole bunch of stuff. We come to your house. We massage your dog's back. We do whatever you need to make you feel like you paid $5 and is worth it. We love you. Support the show. You're helping a lot of people. All right. Dolly Parton. Legend, right? There's no one like her. I think she single-handedly ended COVID. So this was a fun record to dig into. I, I didn't know anything about her music other than like 9 to 5 and Jolene. So to be able to listen to this was a fun one. And we got a good guest for it. The one and only Leanne Morgan, who is a fucking trip. Uh, you've seen her stand-up special, So Yummy. It's got like 50 million views on YouTube. She's been all over television. The View, Nick at Night's Funniest Mom, uh, Just for Laughs Montreal. Uh, She's currently on the Big Panty Tour for her 100-city theater run across the U.S. with Outback Concerts, and she rules. Rate, review, and most importantly, subscribe to The 500. Follow me at Josh Adam Myers on all social media. Get my tickets for the shows. JoshAdamMyers.com. Email the podcast at 500 podcast at gmail.com. Follow the Facebook group run by Crazy Evan. And for all things 500, go to the website, the500podcast.com. Here we go with Dolly Parton. Coat of many colors. Hey, look at y'all. Looking like a rock star. <laughs> really? In, in, yeah. It's, it's, a, it's 140 degrees in my apartment right now. <laughs> Is it, my darling? Uh, wait, where are you from? Knoxville. I, I raised my children in Knoxville, Tennessee, but I'm from Middle Tennessee, a farming community. God, 500 I people. I love your accent so much. Thank I you. I love it. Oh, my goodness. Maybe you are the perfect guest for this podcast right now. <laughs> I, I feel like you got a little bit of coal miner's daughter, a little bit of Jolene. Oh. Am I right? Well, I'm not from coal mining people, but I've been around a lot of coal mining people, can and I, I d- and I love my Dolly, you know, because I live in Knoxville now, so I'm up, I'm I can see the Smoky Mountains from my driveway, and I've raised my children at Dollywood. How many songs have been written about the Smoky Mountains in Tennessee? Like oh, I think Lord. that's kind of like you if you can't <laughs> you can't be in country music unless you've written a song about Smoky Mountains. Um, and do you ever have you ever heard of Boudreaux? And they they wrote Rocky Top, and Rocky Top is the theme to the University of Tennessee, our fight song. And Boudreaux, what is his name? It was a it was a wife and husband, and they wrote that tune in an old motel in the Smoky Mountains in Gatlinburg, and they went on to write 
every hit you've ever heard and um, are in the Hall of Fame, country music. And I think, I think wrote rock and roll songs. I, honey, I'm in menopause. I don't have any recall. <laughs> but yeah, their, son, <laughs> their son ended up running BMI in, in Nashville for, for, you know, was the top music executive. But it was Boudreaux. That was his name and his little wife. And she looked like Loretta Lynn. And there was this country little couple and, a, and a polyester britches. And if you Google them, the people that wrote Rocky Top, it, you will be fascinated by them. Well, you know what? Since I've started doing this podcast, um, you've realized just how important, like, the South and country is the foundation uh, of of rock and roll. But then also you go before that and it's blues. And I guess country is just an offset of blues, which in a sense was created in the South anyway. And then we just did, Adam, what was the record I just did with uh, Fetterman? The one uh, about the record label. Sun Records compilation that basically focused on the Sun Record studios in Memphis, Elvis, <sighs> and the, you know, the million dollar quartet. Yeah. I mean, that's Have like- have y'all seen the Elvis movie? Not yet. I, I I have no, there's a theater like 10 blocks away from me in New York City and it's got the IMAX and I love their popcorn. Love. <laughs> well, then you got to go watch Elvis on IMAX. I didn't watch it in IMAX, but I've heard people going and it's unbelievable. And they talk about Sun Studios, Sam. What was his name? Y'all, I used to be so smart. Sam. I'm 56. <laughs> Elliot. He played for the he played for the San Antonio Spurs. He was Sam a shooting Phillips. guard. Sam Phillips. Tim Duncan. Tim Sam Phillips. <laughs> All right, we're gonna have fun. I like you, Leanne. This is oh, this you is, don't. No, I love you because I, this is. This, I mean, this is why I've been digging on doing this, and this is why I still haven't quit uh, because I get paid in popcorn for this podcast. <laughs> um, no, I, I love. I love music. I feel like, I feel like it's, there's for certain people music as a, it hits you in a different way where it's like, it affects me. And I'm also like, like I'm, I'm very like, like I cast a wide net of the type of music that I'll listen to, but because of this podcast. And so my like breakthrough moments while doing this, uh, one of them was when I did Lorena Lynn's greatest hits where I just wrote her off as like, there's just some country chick and whatever. And then I started listening to her music and then started reading the story. And then I watched the movie and then, and then I re-listened to the song coal miners daughter. And then I just started like weeping during it because I was like, Oh my God, it's like, this is, I can, I know what she experienced. And, it, and so now when, you know, you ask somebody, well, what, what, what do you listen to? And they'll be like everything but country. And I'm like, you're not listening to the right country. Right. Right. You know, so you like Americana and cause I grew up right outside of Nashville. And first of all, let me say, thank you. And two, I've just started Invisalign. This is my second day. So if I spit out at you, I thought it wasn't going to affect my speech. And they were like, oh, yeah, you can take them off while you're on stage. And, but you don't have to. You're not even going to notice it. And I'm like, yeah, I can. But anyway, <laughs> I'm, I've slept all night like this and had to take Tylenol. But Does it hurt? Okay. Wait, back to the Invisalign, because I got, I got, I had braces and I got one tooth that's starting to turn a little bit. It's not bad. It's not bad at all, but it's just like, I notice it and I'm like, man, if I just, if I just stop it before it fully turns, 
So I'll do a Visalign. Does it hurt? Because braces sucked. Braces were horrible, and I've had three babies two different ways. And I thought braces were worse than anything I'd been through. Because they said to me, it's like moving concrete in an adult. In children, it's like moving jello. So, yeah, I had them in my 40s. I had a crossbite. It was horrible. And I kept mouth sores, and it, and it just hurt. And I, and so when they told me, your crossbite is back, because I ain't been wearing my retainer. I wore it for years, and then I just said, screw it. And now my crossbody's back and I'm on this huge tour and I'm stressed out. And so I'm grinding my peaks down, they told me. So they mm. put me, they said, you can do Visalign. So I got it yesterday because I thought if I put braces on again, I'll just, I don't care. I'll just, I don't care. I'm not yeah. doing that again. And these are, I think it's going to be okay. It's tight, but they said they'll loosen up over the two weeks and then you'll put another tray in. And this is nothing like braces were. Good. Nothing. Yeah, so I just took a couple of time though. I watched a episode of Better Call Saul. There you go. And uh, <laughs> yeah, my husband and I just got on that because we didn't know what it was, and we we're excited to have something that we can watch together because we don't really have anything in common. And yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'll let you know how these go. But I think they, they they thought maybe six months. But see, if you don't have a crossbite, you just got a tooth. I bet you wouldn't have to wear them long at all. I got this I little detail. You can't tell. I need that yeah, I can't tell. right there, but trust me, dude, that retainer, I think I wore for eight minutes and then I was like, go fuck yourself. <laughs> I was like, I am done with and next time. We, if, if you did fix this, get you a permanent one. Cause I've got a permanent one on the bottom and I should have gotten a permanent one on the top, but anyway. I, had a, I had a permanent one on the bottom and then it just fell off. And then I never, I didn't got care it about it. No, nah, man, it's fine. I, I, I down teeth are bomb. My, all right, here's my main so question. So you live in New York. You live, live in, New, in New York. Yeah, I live in New okay. York City. I want to find out your personal business, but that's okay. We can talk about Ask me anything. You want to talk Ask about. me anything. We're going to get to Dolly Parton. There's like listeners right now. They're okay. so mad. Is there but a I woman give a in shit. there? Is there a woman? A woman in there? Uh -huh. a, do you live with a woman? I do not. I do not. I have, a, well, I have, you, you, I have like a dog. I have my dog, my 80-pound Doberman. She is, I mean, she's more of my daughter, um, and love interest. We spooned last night. <laughs> she she's so big. She's the best. Uh, but no, I don't like have a horse. A uh, yeah, she's a horse. I don't have a girlfriend. I date a lot. Uh, you do. But I'm but I'm too. I like being single. I like being selfish. Okay. And I think that's kind of you know I'm 42 and I should find somebody because this is it. Is the best but you're so cute and you've got on a tank top. I can tell you're a player and it's okay. I like a player. <laughs> I've, yeah. I've, had, I've had my days. I've had my day. Okay. okay. It's, it's I like to hear in, about that. It's still in me, but not, not as much <laughs> as it was. I mean, you know, I, I like if a girl says to me, I will fuck the shit out of you at three in the morning. I'm like, I will be asleep by 1130, you know, so we got to bump it up. Yeah, she better get to it around nine thirty. She better get to it. But I am, yeah. I am, I'm originally from Washington D.C. area, Maryland. Uh, I've been doing stand up for I just hit fourteen years on uh, August first. Actually, something really crazy. I moved, I moved to Los Angeles on August first, two thousand and seven. I started stand up August first, two thousand and eight, and then I moved to New York August first, two thousand twenty one. So August 1st has like a weird, I don't know what it is, but something big's going to happen on August 1st. Life-changing oh, events. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, 
Okay, you know, I've never gotten to live in L.A. or New York to do comedy, and I've always felt like I wasn't one of the cool kids in the cafeteria because I started out uh, 22 years ago with three babies in Appalachia. Is that, is, that lived, Bal- well, no, not to go, is that Appalachia? That's West, is that West Virginia or is that Tennessee? Well, honey, it, goes, it goes from Georgia to Maine, the Appalachian okay. Mountains. And I'm, I'm married a man who is from Morristown, Tennessee, which is at the foothills of the Appalachian Mountains, but very like hospitals, a lot of doctors, very hoopty do. Like he was raised in a country club. He wants to act like he wasn't. But anyway, yeah. and then up a little bit from that are people who don't know who the president is. But they're precious, precious people. And my husband works in the mobile home industry. And so he was over southeastern Kentucky where where she was, where Loretta Lynn was in the hollers of West Virginia, Kentucky, where people are so oppressed. And there's a lot of drugs like dope sick. When you have you seen dope sick? Yeah, I, I haven't seen it, but I, I know about it. I West Virginia. I mean, that's what you do out there. It's like there's nothing to do. I know they don't have anything way to make a living. It's terrible. Okay, but what I, I'm sorry, I'm rambling. I was no, raised in Middle Tennessee, outside in this farming community outside of Nashville. So all the country music stars lived on Hickory Lake and um, outside of Gullitsville, Hendersonville, where they ended up, some of the BGs ended up living there, but it was like Johnny Cash. I would see Johnny Cash and June at the Sherwin Williams getting paint themselves. And June would have a big fur coat on. And then I would see Porter Wagner at the mall. And Porter Wagner, and I don't want to, God rest his soul, talk about somebody dead. But I was 15 years old, and I was a kid. And I remember coming up to him, because I was fascinated by country music stars. I saw them all the time. The Barber Mandrells. I bought bras and panties next to the Mandrell sisters at the Dillard. <laughs> anyway. I've said, Mr. Porter Wagner, you know, and back then you didn't have phones or anything. And I just wanted to meet him. And he, and uh, he said he had a banana with fudge, the hardened chocolate on it. And he said, would you like to eat some of this popsicle? And I looked back on it and I thought that was nasty. I mean, I was 15 years old and I was eating this banana with chocolate on it. That was his, you know, he was standing there watching me eat it. Anyway, I'm sure he didn't mean anything gross by it, but anyway, he had on a big cowboy hat and a velvet coat at the mall with, that was bedazzled. (laughs) So I was raised near all that country music and I was fascinated by them, but it was the old timey country music, Waylon Jennings. Yeah. You know, and I've got a son who's 28, about to turn 29. And he, from the time he's an old soul, and by the time he was in fourth grade, he was listening to all those guys and Dolly Parton and Jesse Coulter and all those people, Chris Christopherson. Yeah. So, so, so was, was country music and like Dolly, like playing in your household? How are you? I mean, I'm assuming, I'm assuming it's just like, you know, like the way you get the phone book in the mail, you get a Dolly Parton record sent to your house if you live below the Mason Dixon line. Well, I'd like to say that. I mean, we always loved her and, and watched everything she was in and loved her. But playing in my house was more, well, my family, my old mamas and aunts, and everybody loved Elvis. And they loved, um, uh, my mom loved Creekwater Credence. What is that, Credence? Credence Clearwater, Clearwater Revival, yeah. Yeah, that kind of stuff. Like I, and I, I'm an R&B gal. 
I was in the clubs in the 80s, smoking cigarettes, dancing to Prince, Sheila E. I was in all that. But, but so growing up, you know, my people weren't, like up here in East Tennessee, you know, people get a banjo and, and mandolin and sit, people would sit around and pick. I didn't, we weren't in that. I don't know what we were doing. I guess my little mom and daddy were trying to make a living and everybody's trying to grow tobacco. And um, I just grew up on a bunch of R&B, Earth, Wind & Fire, that kind of stuff. Porn, Satan, drugs, therapy. It's not just the list of what I'm up to this weekend. I'm comedian Kiki Anderson, and those are just a handful of the taboo topics I've poked and prodded at so far on my podcast, Indecent, the show where we peel at the wallpaper of polite society. Each episode digs into the dark underbelly of our culture to dissect the things we aren't allowed to talk about around the dinner table, featuring conversations with comedians, activists, journalists, academics. They all help me figure out the who, what, and why behind what is and isn't acceptable behavior. Indecent with Kiki Anderson, where NSFW meets LMAO. Mwah. One Hit Thunder is a podcast where we both celebrate and have a good laugh about bands and artists that had just one hit that we all know. Each week, we're joined by a guest from the world of music or comedy to learn more than you ever thought you would about some songs that you can't forget. And we decide if they brought the One Hit Thunder or were nothing more than a One Hit Blunder. Look, if you listen to the show, you're probably going to laugh, and I guarantee you're going to crush next time the bar has music trivia. Tag Team, Jane Child, Meredith Brooks, Looking Glass, Sean Mullins, Eiffel 65, EMF, Crash Test Dummies, Crazy Town, Chumbawamba. We have hundreds of episodes in our back catalog and a new episode each week. So pass the duchy, make sure you're connected, and subscribe to One Hit Thunder wherever you get your pods. How but, does, but up but, here in East Tennessee, I'm sure people, you know, Dolly Parton, Lord, has kept this region people employed. So, so, you know, obviously you're, you know, like you said, you went into R and B and stuff. So then how did you find Dolly? Was it like, how did it suddenly be like, how did you end up being on this podcast today doing the Dolly Parton episode? Well, I, I, I know what I was, this is really what I was raised on. Hee Haw. Yes. And so Hee Haw, we, we loved, we, well, I love Saturday Night Live and my mom would let me watch it and it was nasty and my dad would get mad, but we, you know, Hee Haw, when it came on, we all watched Hee Haw, and we loved um, all those people. I grew up going to the Grand Ole Opry. My parents had a meat processing plant. They cut up the people's meat, you know, a lot of, like, um, Mel Tillis and people like that. And I guess growing up around it, I just, it wasn't that, I mean, it was special, but I I didn't grow up, like, sitting and listening to Dolly Parton, but I loved Jolene, I loved her when she'd come on with Porter on Hee Haw. I've got a beagle going nuts. I'm sorry. No, it's quite all right. I don't hear it, so don't worry. You don't? Okay. No, not at all. Um, but um, but I, I know that my mama was always a big fan of Dolly. And, we, and she'd come on. That was back then when it was all the big hair. Big hair, She was yeah. heavier. Uh-huh, and it was, I know why she did it, but it was like a character almost. And we were fascinated by her. But um, I tell you, I didn't get really fascinated by her until probably nine to five. And then and then I had my babies up here in East Tennessee and we all go to Dollywood. We always got Dollywood season passes. And um, and you hear a lot more about what she's done. She has she gives each high school child five hundred dollars if they'll graduate. Are you serious? She buys, yeah. Yes. Children in Sevier County, if they there was a terrible graduation rate, so she gave every child, I think she still does, five hundred dollars incentive if they'll graduate, 
And that gave mountain children who don't have anything the incentive to keep going and graduate. So I've always heard about that. I've done a lot of gigs, a lot of fundraisers for Dolly's um, library. You know, she's put a, a book in every child's hand uh, all over the world. Yeah. Didn't she like, wait, didn't she, wait, hold on. Didn't she like pay for the Moderna vaccine or something? Like, well, she gave a million. Yeah. A million to Moderna, I think, to help. Yeah. It's no telling what she's worth. And going to Dollywood, I would always say. Tell me about Dollywood, because I'm curious. I've never, is it an amusement park? What is it? It's an amusement park, and when I was growing up, it was Silver Dollar City, and my family would go. We're about four hours from it, where I was raised, and we would go, and it was fascinating. Like, you would get on on a train, and there'd be uh, cowboys and um, shooting, and you'd feel like you were really being shot at. Anyway, and you could get Silver Dollar pancakes. Okay, then Dolly bought it and changed it into Dollywood, and that was I was um, grown when she did that, I guess, or I was in college. And it is beautiful. And I'm not an amusement park person, and I don't like a roller coaster, and I don't, I don't dig all that. Like I've never, I'm taking my kids to Disney, but I'm one, I'm not one of those Disney people. I don't care about. But it is a beautiful park, and it is. I'm so sorry. And it is, um, like, in the foothills of the Smoky Mountains, so you can see the mountains. They keep it spotless. It's got unbelievable rides and all that kind of stuff. If you if you like that kind of thing, they've also got shows because she's an entertainer. She's got unbelievable people from all over the world come and do these shows. And so you can sit down and watch bluegrass, country, whatever. She has different themes every year. It's unbelievable. And then she has, um, they have people like doing um, like uh, stirring uh, goat milk soap. You know, it's, they got little women in prairie outfits, and they're and they've got blacksmiths doing that, and they've got people that have built these carriages, horse and carriages. So it's like you go back into time. Yeah. Now, a lot of kids don't care about that. My kids did. My my boy, you know, has got a garden in Kansas on food. So when they and when he saw somebody blacksmith, and he was on fire. So my kids grew up going, but we're only thirty minutes from it, so we get passes. No, of course. Yeah. If you're close to Six Flags, you got to get the season pass to Six Flags. Yeah. If I lived by Dollywood, I would 100% I'd go to it. And if it was cheap enough, I would get the season pass. There's a fascination about her. I, I think the fact that because not every rock star can have an amusement park, you know, not every person. It, it doesn't seem like uh, egotistical that she would do that or like I deserve this or I'm better than everybody. It seems like, like you said, the way that she would put books into people's hands and donate money. She's like, Hey, this thing was a piece of shit. Probably I'm going to buy it, spice it up and I'll make it all the shit that I love. And, and if, you know, I know there's employee people, employee people in that area, that is a big employer because it's got, it's got, now she's got a hotel that is stunning. She's got um, cabins you can rent, and she's got Dixie Stampede where you go and you eat a chicken with your bare hands and and people ride on horses and stand on them and all that. It's fascinating. She has, I mean, she's an entrepreneur. She's yeah. There's several things around that, a, a splash country that um, people come from all over the world to go. Let me ask you, Adam, in the notes that you gave me, do you have a list of like all of her accomplishments and all the, the, the philo, philo, philanthropic? Is that even philanthropic? I think it is. 
Uh, I don't. I know. I don't have that. I have all her career accolades, but I have. Could, have could you? Could you pull up all the philanthropy she's done? Because I have a bunch of. Like, I got to ask you this: being that you're are you are from Tennessee, do you think like Dolly is like Tennessee's most valuable export? Yes, I know you it. Do. I know she is. Yeah, everybody. Um. Yeah, she's our. They put statues up of her everywhere. I said something was recent about that she's like the person from Tennessee, especially after the vaccine. Um, but yeah, she's always been loved. And I tell you all this, she's never been political. Never. She does not, you don't know what she's thinking. She does not ever, cause she says half my people may feel this way. Half my people may feel, I'm not, I'm not in that business. So I think that's been sweet. People just want to be entertained and they love her and she doesn't, she's not divisive. And um, she, I've never heard her say anything like that. I've always heard her say um, that she's got like 10, 12 brothers and sisters. She's made them all a living. Her little mom and daddy, of course, they're gone now, but they were mountain people. They were raised up in the mountains in a, like a two-bedroom home. No, I've got I've this been here. In it. I, no, here you go. It's She's born in a one-room cabin in eastern Tennessee in 1946, grew up dirt poor being the fourth of 12 children. Her dad was a sharecropper intended to his own small tobacco farm, while her mom had given birth to her dozen children. Jesus Christ, <laughs> dozen by the age of 35. Well, you know, the vagina does <laughs> bounce back, you know, and I guess at 35, it's like, that's like a good perfect age to stop and then be like, all right, it'll, it, you know, the human body is, am is amazing. It uh, is. I bet. I bet her little mama's was shot. <laughs> but I. But yeah, isn't that something? And yeah, she's but, taking care of all of them. And they and a lot of them work at Dollywood. Now they're getting too old. But I mean, they she all of them were employed under her. Yeah, and, so and she, she's made them a living. She met Johnny at age thirteen. She was. Uh, she started like singing in church and stuff as a child. Then she does the Grand Old Opry, which led her to meet Johnny Cash. He encouraged her to follow her own instincts. She moves to Nashville after graduating high school, enjoyed some success as a songwriter. She got painted as a bubblegum pop singer by the record label, who she signed with at 19. Only one charting single, uh, but she wanted to sing country. Uh, the power thought her high soprano voice wasn't suited for the genre. Uh, then she composed Put It Off Until Tomorrow by, for Bill Phillips. Uh, the label gave her a chance with a couple of singles. Uh, God, such like terrible names, dumb blonde and something fishy. That's how like shitty it was back in the day. Uh, they charted inside the top 25 led to her first record. Hello, I'm Dolly. This led to her meeting with Porter Wagoneer. I think I said that Wagner. Port Wagner. Port mm -hmm. Wagner. The one that fed me that ice cream in the mall. Oh yeah. He get what well, it says. He invited her to be a part of a nationally syndicated TV show about chocolate covered bananas. That might be his fetish. That's what he's into Porter. He's into some freaky stuff. And this led to her getting a deal with RCA Victor. She did some solo albums, ignored despite the run of success with Wagoneer. When 70 hit, he convinced her to record a cover of Jimmy Rogers' Mule Skinner Blues, which shot up to number 34. Uh, her single started to get notoriety in 71. Uh, 1971's Joshua being her first number one hit. The Joshua album came out in 71, which was right around the time of the recording of today's record. Um, so this is, she, it's, it's, I'm not, it's this, which this comes out, is she a big star? Do we know? She was, uh, she was a, 
she was with Porter Wagner, and it's always been known that, like, he got mad when she started. She kind of started becoming a star on her own, and he said, I've made you, and, and he wanted her to stay with him, and she went out on her own, and it was like a big blow up. And so that song, I Will Always Love You, yeah, she wrote that about Porter. Really? In a romantic way, but that I'll always love you, and like you gave me a shot and all that, but I don't owe you anything. You know, like it was time for her to move on. And then I always love you. This is what I've heard about her is that she owns everything and that Elvis, Colonel Parker wanted Elvis to record that. And she, he said, but he has to own it and she would not do it. And he said, well, what about 50%? And she was like, no. So she said, I always wanted Elvis to sing that, but I, I'm not selling anything. These are, these are songs are like my babies. Cause she didn't have her own children. And she said, they're like my babies and I'm not selling them. So I've all, everything I've always heard is that she is an unbelievable business person. And Obviously. I did this, I did this fundraiser up in Sevierville and these women bought for somebody's 50th birthday party, a lunch with me and, and bless her hearts. They didn't have to pay all that to go eat lunch mm. with me. I was, I didn't have anything going on. I would have gone and ate lunch. But anyway, <laughs> I went up to Sevierville and I didn't even realize who it was. And it was all of her staff and the people who run her, the women executives. Oh, I'm sorry, Siri. <laughs> the women that run her business. So it's her marketing person, her accountant, her the the people who decorate everything and the, all this stuff she has, the hotels, the all that. And it was fascinating. And they all said to me that she she loves employee women, but she's got men too, loves them, but she is brilliant. And that everything is every decision she's made is from her gut and that she is authentic. That's who she really is. And she's a very faithful person and she gives a lot. I have a child who works for, she did work for Make-A-Wish. Now she works for Children's Hospital. And there was a child with cancer and wanted to meet Dolly. And so my daughter took this child to meet Dolly. And she said she was unbelievable. I mean, she was precious to that child. And I, and she's just, I mean, she's a star. You she's know? a star. She is a she's star. She's a star. Yeah. But she gives back and is everything she does is to help somebody else. You can just tell it. Sorry to interrupt, but for those of you who need more, I have got a quick message. There's another show from Next Chapter Podcast you're going to love called Midnight Public Radio. Created by the Washington, D.C.-based comedy troupe, the Midnight Gardeners League, Midnight Public Radio is a podcast for everyone who has a love-hate relationship with NPR. Sick and tired of all that horrifyingly convoluted congressional coverage and boring human interest pieces on the guy who invented the bicycle horn? Like This American Life on Acid, Midnight Public Radio takes the world of stuffy intellectual broadcasting and shoves it through a gonzo meat grinder of self-improvised sketches covering all kinds of things. Featuring absurd characters and hysterical segments about things like illegal caterpillar racing, death conventions, and a riot at an old folks' home, this is a show for everyone who ever thought, all things considered, has a stick up its ass. War, sports, the culinary arts, NPR has it all. So listen to... Midnight Public Radio, wherever you get your podcasts or go to midnightgardenerscomedy.com to learn more. Great show. Give it a listen. Now back to the show. Dolly is not in it for anything other than to entertain and help people because anytime they try to give her something, 
She's like, no, I don't, you don't need to. Like, I don't want anything. Like she's not, she doesn't have an ego. Like she believes in herself. She's confident, but she doesn't put off that she's better than anybody. Like she turned down, it says here, she turned down the presidential medal of freedom. And then this year, uh, cause I vote on the rock and roll hall of fame. I, I yeah. like, I, so I'm like a part of like the, whatever it is. And I get a thing once a year and I go, all right, you know, these are the people that are listed. And Dolly was on the short list and she wanted to be removed. She's like, I'm not, I'm not rock and roll. Like there's other people that are on that list that deserve to be in there. I don't deserve to be in there. I don't want to be in there. She's like, can you please take my name off? And then they still voted her in. You know, and I don't even know if she's probably going to show up because she's just like, I don't care. Like, I don't need it. I'm doing every, I have everything I need. Like I have, I have, I've, I brought so much joy to so many people. Like, whereas Elvis, because I would say, I, I know this is probably not a good comparison, but like, cause Elvis was such a huge legendary rock star. But I mean, is, is Dolly like the female Elvis as like popularity? My, you guys are looking at me like I'm crazy. Am I wrong? I know. I would. I would think so. I mean, I think there's. When I think of those people, I think Michael Jackson, Dolly Parton, Elvis. Would you say Beyonce would be our new one? I'd say Beyonce. I'd say Beyonce now. Yeah, I'd say Beyonce. Yeah. Because you look, you're talking. Because I always this Elvis is global. The Beatles are global. Beyonce is global. Drake global. Even Justin Bieber. You always got to say like. Would my, if he was still alive, would my 80-year-old dad know who Beyonce is? And he would, because you've heard the name enough. And so he'd be like, oh, that's the girl, the singer, and blah, blah, blah. And I think Dolly Parton is one of those people that if, I don't think if you could ask most people, anybody in the entertainment industry that lives in a big city, if you said Dolly Parton, they'd go, oh, yeah. And even the kids, kids today, I think they would know who Dolly Parton is. Um, I don't know if they would know how big she was or how important she was or even iconic but they probably heard the name and they would probably be like you mean that country girl with the huge titties you'd be like yeah big titty big titty dolly um uh -huh. but but what i'm saying is whereas elvis and 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 michael jackson and john lennon and paul mccartney i mean not paul but everybody has these big egos dolly just feels like she doesn't have it at all. And I think that's kind of what makes her so special. Aside from all the other stuff we've already mentioned, the growing up poor and building a career. I've been lucky enough actually to, I did a set at the, at the Ryman. Um, it was during the Nashville Comedy Fest. Um, and it was just like walking. When, my darling, what this year? Was, this, this year, just like a few, oh. it was like a kid rock, it was like a kid rock show. Yeah. Yeah, we did, oh. we did, uh, we did the Ryman. And then the later that night, I do a music comedy show uh, that's really popular where comics sing after their set with my band. And we did it at Kid Rock's Honky Tonk, which was great and it was fun. Uh, but the being at the Ryman, I just walked around and it was like, and, th and then I know the history of it's not actually this, because I guess the Grand Old Opry moved, right? It's a different location, and the Ryman yeah. is now more of like a historical location. But you can feel it, even the way that like the pews are set up and how everything—it's just so old, and you can feel the history in there. And and to know that people like Loretta Lynn and Johnny Cash and Dolly Parton and all those people played there. Patsy Klein. Patsy Klein, yeah. See, this is. You know I did the Ryman. I did the Ryman. My, that was my first show of my big panty tour of a hundred cities. 
and I was scared to death because we'd been in the pandemic and I hadn't worked and I was, and I thought, Oh my Lord, I've wanted to do the rhyme in all my life. And then, you know, and I just didn't feel like I had enough time under my belt during the pandemic, but anyway, I did it. And I, you're, I know what you're saying. It, um, backstage when you're looking at there's pictures of Dolly Parton and Elvis. And I remember just thinking, what in the world am I doing here? And it was very intimidating. And I really, I'd like to go back. I think they're going to put me at the Grand Ole Opry next year, but I would like to go back to the Ryman because I, I felt like I couldn't enjoy it. I was so torn up and felt like I didn't deserve to be there. And I remember being on stage and almost like watching myself. Have you ever done that? Where you're, oh, yeah. you're performing and you're like, and I've had to do it one time when I was on cough syrup, but I, where I, I'm looking at myself <laughs> and thinking, what am I doing? And, I, and everything was in my head, like Patsy Klein was here and Elvis, instead of concentrating on. Hey, this is Scott from Fly on the Call. Each week I speak to a different musician, whether they're in an established band like Silverstein or The Wonder Years, or band on the rise like Spanish Love Songs, Origami Angel, or Meet Me at the Altar. We discuss music and lyrics, the successes and challenges of being in a band, and more, as we get to the core of each artist. The show features musicians of diverse genres and backgrounds, so there's always a chance I'll be talking to your new favorite band. Listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com. Welcome to us talking about our podcast for a minute. What's the name of that podcast? That's Axe to Grind, uh, and right now you're going to be getting a little little taste of it, right down to the shaky microphone and all. <laughs> and my name's Bob. And my name's Patrick, and usually we're joined by Tom. Tom's the best. Tom has a real grown-up job that requires him to be at work, but we talk about decidedly not-so-grown-up things like... Hardcore music and things that people that like hardcore music tend to like. So that could be the latest shows, uh, revisiting classic material, talking about the new classics, um, all the little dorm room nonsense that you imagine from a niche music podcast that, that you either love or want to love or hate yeah imagine all the emotions that you have towards a genre that that uh has impacted your life uh and then condense them down to an hour to two hours a week so triangulate your speakers think about jumping off the bed singing along dancing like an idiot and listen to axe grind podcast but anyway yeah, can I, just I say hope this? I get can to I, come back. You will go back. I, I, I'm going to tell you, this is one of my favorite ones I've ever done. For not giving a shit about the record and and being like meeting the guest for the first time, you rule, Leanne. You fucking rule, Angel. You are. Thank you, you are, my darling. You are so charming. Um, well, thank you. Man, can I, I tell you that I please. met Kid Rock at yeah, Zanies backstage, and he had young girls around him that looked like porn actresses. Oh yeah. And high heels on, and and everybody was smoking marijuana. There and, you go. And I had on probably I don't think I had on a girdle, but I was like backstage, and <laughs> and I got to meet David Spade that night. And I've always been a big fan of his. You know, he's tiny, and I think I intimidated him because I I went David Spade, and I think he yeah. thought I was like some weird. And then I, I said, Ken Rock, you don't know me, but I said I'm playing the Ryman, and I've sold it out. He said, when is it? And I said, I told him when it is. He goes, oh, that's my somebody's birthday. I can't go. I said, oh, Lord, I don't expect you to go. I just wanted to tell you that I love you or whatever. And we held hands and did this at each other. He was precious. He is, when he's I, Bob, yeah, when he's Bob, 
He's the best. We, we met him. We met two different versions of him. We met Bob at the Ryman. And then he started drinking. And then halfway into the show, he became Kid Rock. And then we went to his honky tonk. Like he was supposed to get up there and perform with us, but he, he just like took off. And what was so funny, he had these like long, like, like, like what are they called? Pigtails or pink tails, you know, or like they're braids, like really cool, like Willie Nelson braids. And we, me and another comic kept thinking he was in the back. We were like, oh, he hasn't left yet. He's still there. He'll come up eventually. He'll come up and sing. And then the show ended. He was like, he never came up, but he's still back there. We went back. It wasn't Kid Rock anymore. It was some older guy with one of those pairs of sunglasses that where they put, you know, so you don't lose your shade. So the thing goes around your neck. Yes. Yeah, it was hilarious. Yes. Oh, my darling. Well, the night that I met him was the night that David Spade went and it was still right in the pandemic. You know, everybody was worried, freaked out, who'd been vaccinated and who hadn't. Mm-hmm. And and Kid Rock started saying something controversial on stage. And I think little David Spade skedaddled. I think yeah, he well, thought, ooh, I don't want to get all up in this. Well, I think, and I and I, I do this a lot now because of the, the world that we live in. It's like, sometimes you got to remove the art from the artist. And it's like, I can listen to Kid Rock's music and be like, yep, I, I fucking, it'll pump you up, ball with the ball and cowboy their fun stuff. But then it's like, <laughs> like let's I'm gonna it's like you said Dolly Parton stay middle of the road don't don't piss off anybody don't don't have an you have your own opinion but you don't that's the thing is that we don't need like I don't need I don't need to hear what Drake thinks about the world like who gives a fuck right I know yeah and that's why I love people Dolly said to me people said to me Liam Morgan who is a nobody but people would say to me during the pandemic, like, Lane, you need to tell people what you think about vaccines, whether it was get them or don't. And I was like, I'm not in charge of people's med- medical. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody cares what I think. Now, I may tell you what kind of lipstick I'm enjoying. Yes. But, you know, or what pair of Spanx holds me in. But I'm not getting into all that mess. But you're right. Dolly Parton Can- has always been, you know, because Jane Fonda and Lily Tomlin, they get a little yeah. sideways. And she's been on stage with them and they say some stuff and she keeps her mouth shut. Yeah. I think they and asked I think her, people appreciate it. They asked her something about, I think it was about, it was either Bush or Trump. And then she was like, listen, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to, that's our president. I'm not going to say anything. And regardless, you don't have to like nobody, like, I don't want, I don't, I don't want to know some of these people's opinions on certain things because they're not, we're not all going to gel. We're always, you know, people are liberal, people are conservative, people are religious, some people are not. It doesn't make a difference. It's just like, I want to enjoy the art. And I think there's a way of being a celebrity and handling it with grace where you're not, you know, you're, it's just, we don't need to hear what everybody's going to say. And I think her actions, Dolly Parton's actions speak louder than anything because even if she is like against this and against that she's still giving so much to the community she's like listen it's like who gives a shit i i have 500 million dollars and i'm giving away 100 million dollars to help the world and if you know but if people want to believe be this be that and be want to do that yeah. do that i don't give a shit i love her man and i and what i really dug because i feel like we got to talk about this record a little bit god i could talk to you about like, I just want to talk to you about the Nashville comedy scene because it's such a great. Oh, I know, honey. I bet we know a lot of the same people. Oh, yeah. Lucy and, at, at Zanies. Lucy at Zanies. I was just hanging out with at Just for Laughs. She's so great. Her husband, Aaron. Um, like, I love because I did Zanies during the pandemic. And it was so funny because it was the first time I had ever done it. And, and this is like 
fuck, I want to say like December or January of, of either 20 or 21. So it was December 20 or January 21. And I, I remember going there and I remember talking to the servers and being like, God, this is such a great room and it's only half full. I was like, I couldn't imagine what it's, what it's like when it's full. And I was like, you guys are probably making less money though. So that probably sucks. And I remember they said, they were like, oh no, we're actually making more money right now because you can, we can actually tend to our tables because it's like they pack so many people in that in that room and it's such a great room that even half full was like one of the better clubs i think i think it's i think you could put zanies nashville up there with like you know dc improv comedy works denver just these great road rooms where they where i think that there there's something about nashville maybe it's the music industry that attracted artistic people there but it just feels like you're, you know, you like they, they get comedy and they understand it and they love it. Yeah. It's Brian Dorfman. It's Brian it Dorfman. Yeah. And, and when I got started, uh, we had moved back to, or where was I living? Maybe in Morristown, Tennessee. I'd had three babies. My baby was a year old or something. And I, and nobody cared about me. Nobody wanted a mom. You know, I just, it wasn't cool. Anyway, I said, I called Zanies and, and Brian Dorfman said, okay, I'll let you come and open. And I opened for Billy Gardell and I had no idea. I'd been in one comedy club in my life and I um, drove down there and, and after it was over, Brian got me in the office and he goes, Lynn, I think you got something. I think you got something. And he goes, hey, you can't raise three babies doing comedy clubs. He said, Roseanne did that. She raised them in a station wagon in a parking lot and they didn't turn out i mean i don't know what happened to her kids but he was like it wasn't great like you you've got to find another way and i remember being mad but i loved him and i thought okay i'll find another way and then we moved to texas and i did cap city comedy club which used to be one of the best comedy clubs they just opened back up in austin texas and austin's a huge you know they've got joe rogan and all those guys down there and um all those new clubs but anyway that that was like my home club but, and then Zanies, Brian's always let me come back when I couldn't get arrested. Nobody cared about me. And he would always let me come back. And then um, when this blew up for me in 2019, and I, I was just about to quit. I'd been doing it 20 years and I was exhausted and, and I thought nobody cared. And then uh, I sold out Zanies on a Sunday afternoon at four. Now, let me say, I was not one of those people that they let go on a Saturday night. Yeah. And anyway, he um, let me do New Year's. And then now my, my 100 City deal is with Outback Concerts. And, and it's Brian Dorfman and Mike Smartak that did it. But what people don't realize, if there's comedians listening, Nashville is now one of the hottest spots. In, yeah. And if you want to do comedy, you need to go to Nashville. Because yeah. the, the, the tour that I'm on, they also do Jim Gaffigan, Nate Bargatze, Burt Kreischer, Sebastian Moscalco, Taylor Tomlinson. It's... Fortune Famester. So that, and it's all out of Nashville. Yeah. So it's, it's the, you know, anyway, they've been very, well, good no, but me. you're right. Brian, you know, Dorfman is, it's like, it's great. Every one of the Zanies are great. Uh, doing that festival, which, you know, when you're doing a festival, that's not like just for laughs or, you know, where you have a home base where you, where it's like, where all the shows are bunched up in one little area and you can walk to everything. It didn't, it sometimes it doesn't feel like a real festival. What they did at the Nashville comedy festival, but with the merch and all the shows. And I mean, you looked at the lineup of the people that they brought in 
I mean, the Kid Rock Show, Bill Burr, Burt Kreischer, Nate Bargatze, Ari Shafir, Big J, all the guys, me, the goddamn comedy jam. Like, it's, they're people that you want to work with. And because you know that they, they have a proven brand and they care about comedy. And obviously, mm-hmm. if it's like, you know, with the way he, he works with you, he sees the talent, they can identify it and they want to grow it. How did you get started? Yeah. I got to ask this. Like you said, you started 20 years ago. How did you get started? Like, are you just, were you just funny around your friends? Because I could see you killing it at like a dinner party or a Thanksgiving or something. At the McDonald's parking lot after school. Yes, yeah. honey. I sold CDs out of an SUV for years. But no, I was, all right, I've always wanted to do it, but I came from this, you know, old country town and didn't know how to do anything. didn't know what to do and didn't have the confidence. And it was after I got married and I had my first baby and I wanted to stay at home with my baby. And my husband had a small business and we were in our 20s and 27. And uh, I started selling jewelry like Mary Kay and Tupperware in women's houses. And I didn't, I don't even care about jewelry. And I would get, I started like developing an act and I had a shtick and I would go lay this, this jewelry out on somebody's kitchen table and eat some dip and a brownie. And then I would talk about breastfeeding and hemorrhoids. Cause at the time I was birthing and, you know, pregnant all the time and women thought I was funny. And some woman peed on a couch one night and I'm not kidding you. That gave me, that was like an aha moment where I thought, yeah. okay, I think I could do this. Somebody just peed on a couch. And then I got booked so far in advance, like a year out with this company, people having these parties with me that the company noticed, asked me to start speaking at their big things. And women would, and we're in that crowd and they go, you need to be a stand up. And so then we sold our business and went to work. Uh, my husband went to work over South Texas for this company. And I started driving back and forth to Austin, Texas, and they had chick stick night and they would let me up and they believed in me. And it was Rich Miller, Dennis Miller's brother, you know, D- Dennis Miller from Saturday Night Live. Oh, yeah. And his brother, Jimmy Miller, was a manager, a big manager. And they um, believed in me. And I got my first television deal with ABC and Warner Brothers and it didn't make it. But, um, from Dennis, from um, Rich Miller and Jimmy. And so, and, and from there, you know, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm a mom. So I, my husband's executive, so he was traveling. So I couldn't do everything. I couldn't just go out here and be on the road Yeah. On in comedy clubs. So I did a lot of private corporate. I did, I did anything anybody let me do. Sure. And there were certain clubs that let me work, bless their hearts, because it was like Birmingham Stardome, Chattanooga Comedy Catch, still open. Austin Cap City Comedy Club Zanies. They would let me come and do an off night. So I I did comedy clubs, but I had to just find another way. And then I got on a tour called the Southern Fried Chicks with two other women right when Blue Collar was blowing up. And um, and that kept me, I mean, that helped me. I was really the opener, and that helped me get a lot of time under my belt. Yeah. And throughout these whole you know, when I was raising children, I would always have a television deal. Like I would be ready to quit and think this is awful and nobody cares. And then I'd get a call from Hollywood for a television deal and then it wouldn't make it. And then, then I got jaded and thought they're crazy and they don't, you know, I'm not even going to, but, um, and really I'll just tell you what happened. Okay. And I'll make it quick. (laughs) Okay. So, so my manager was in LA and he said, Lynn, there's this dry bar thing. You know, Dry Bar is this comedy platform for clean comics. 
And he said, they want you to do one. And he goes, nobody's ever going to see it. He goes, you gotta, you're doing the luncheon for the Chamber of Commerce in Dubuque that week. That's how bad my career was going. I was going to go do the luncheon, <laughs> not even a nighttime show. Yeah, but- I was doing the luncheon, which let me say, they are darling, and they drink. They're drinking people, sure. and they gave me a mimosa, and I got high as a kite, and I had to go <laughs> sit on a toilet in a convention center and hold the signs because the rent room was spinning. But anyway, then I, I flew out to Salt Lake City, I did old material. He goes, just do old material because nobody's ever going to see it. We can get some clips. Maybe these clips will get you some corporate gigs. Yeah. And I had a terrible looking spray tan. I had on a terrible looking outfit. I had a thyroid nodule that had poked out <laughs> and, and I had a necklace that was cocked up on it. I mean, I can't even look at it. And I did this old material that I could barely remember. And but darn, if they didn't have millions of views from yeah. it, but... It didn't sell tickets. And I got all these people, I guess, stay at home watching me. And my manager got me in a couple of improvs in Florida. And they were like, she's sweet. And also Chicago's Chicago's 80s. They were like, she's sweet. You know, she doesn't get drunk and fight in the parking lot. But we're not going to have her back. She can't sell any tickets. And at that point, I thought, I'm going to I'm gonna let this go. I'm, I had a child get married right out of college, and I know they, I knew they wouldn't have babies, and I'm from the country, and we like to take care of our grandchildren. Sure. And I thought, I'm going to just slide out of this thing. It's been fun. Yeah. And the one last effort, I said to my manager, I go, I was watching Nate Bargatze and Jim Gaffigan and what they were doing, and I said, they've got social media people. Because I was just putting up pictures of my dogs, you know, yeah. my kid, and I didn't know what to do. And um. He goes, that's too expensive, Lane. You can't afford it. And so I, he taught me out of it. And then I went back and said, I'm doing it. I don't, you know, I'm just going to invest in myself and it's expensive, but I'm going to do it. And these young guys in their 20s, they were darling, started putting stuff out of mine. You know, I had all this material for 20 years. Yeah. I had, you know, several hours on. So they started putting out, and there was the one that t- changed everything was me taking my husband to go see Def Leppard and Journey. And I talked about how old everybody looked and we felt old and I, everybody has plantar fasciitis and the guy, Dev Leopard, you know, looks like he's got a hernia. He's got tiny legs and, you know, he's got he's thyroid He's been on the issues. podcast. By the way, Joe's been on the podcast, lead singer. Yeah. Oh, well, don't tell him I said that. Because <laughs> I, I think Joe. he's cute. Joe, she thinks you got plantar fasciitis. He's in the other room with Lekka right now. We're hanging. <laughs> <laughs> I wish my legs were as tiny as his. Oh. Anyway, um, that, that went viral. I, that, I was in New York moving my child in. She went to school in Manhattan, and we were moving her in. And I saw this being shared thousands of times. And I said to my family, something's happening. And they were like, yeah, whatever. We're, Uber's here. Yeah. I, you know? <laughs> yeah. Where are we going and to dinner? Everybody's, you know, they're like, oh, kooky mom trying to make it, still trying to make it in Hollywood. And so, yeah. um, and that changed everything. And I started selling out all over the United States. In 2019, I'd been clubs, and these club owners would go, where have you been? Because I had had this audience that they've got money. You know, they're older. They've got money. They don't get drunk and fight in the parking lot. And it was, and it, it, and it was what was really sweet. It, it would be somebody's like 80 year old mother that had never been on, in a comedy club. And then her daughter said that was 45, 50. And then their daughter that was in college. And so, it was like three generations coming and these i was just as shocked as everybody else and they were like oh my lord and then outback concerts gave me a hundred city deal across the united states 
and I was ready to quit. I mean, like I've had two headshots made in 20 years. I mean, I, you know, I did what I could, but I was a mama trying to raise three children. You saw it. No, but you saw it. You saw, dude, I'm telling you the power of social media and posting your clips. We don't need ABC, CBS, Fox, any of those people. You don't need the big agent. You don't need the big manager. If you, if you, if you are diligent and consistent with your social media and posting videos and posting clips that I, I've gotten, I started doing that a few, like about a month or so ago. And I, and over the last like two weeks, I think I've gotten like 12,000 new followers and I, it's just, it's insane. It's so it's, it's, it's now I'm just at the beginning of it. And I'm like, all right, all the money I make, I'm investing into by, you know, shooting every show. And luckily in New York, they shoot every single show that you do. The seller shoots, the stand, the New York Comedy Club. But when anytime I go do an hour, I'm bringing a video camera. I'm hiring a guy or I'm bringing my own stuff. I'm shooting that. I'm doing the Capital One Arena with Bill Burr. I'm shooting that. Like content is so important. Oh my gosh. But you know it because you you mentioned Bargetsy and Gaffigan like in you know and you're when you're if you can if anybody if a grandmother and a child can come to the show and it's clean and it's funny that dude that's when it's like that's when the real money comes it comes I've been to Bargetsy's house. It's he's building like a golf like simulation hitting thing in there. It's like he's doing great. So Yeah, he you know, is. And we've done a couple of shows together. We did an arena together in Mississippi, and then we just did the San Diego Fair. And if I could, if I could hang out with him and a bunch of boys doing comedy, because y'all are so fun. Boys are fun doing comedy, and I've got fun girlfriends in it. But we we sat around and had a ball. It was Nick Novecki. Yep. <laughs> you know, little Nick Novecki. I, I know and, little um, Nick Novecki. Yeah. And then see, Brian Bates and Aaron Weber have both opened for me that are on the podcast with Nate, and I've yeah. been on his podcast. And um and I just got to meet Burt Kreischer. I was at one of his fully loaded because we've yeah, got the same the manager. Darlin. He yeah. is Darlin. Yeah, and so I said, Bert, you don't know who I am. He goes, Yes, I do, Lynn. And I thought I was gonna faint. I never met Bill Burr and I'm a huge fan. He's the best. He's the best. Oh. And but you're but obviously, obviously you have everybody you've mentioned, like you mentioned, I mean, so obviously Judy's your manager. So yeah, you're you're gonna be fine. You, the next few years are going to rule for Leanne Morgan. So if I could just get my teeth straight and if I could just, if I could just quit eating white flour and sugar and get my, I want to be cute. Like Taylor Tomlinson on when I shoot a special, I'm supposed to shoot a special in December and I don't want to look like I did on dry bar. I don't know. Well, my thyroid to be, you know, sticking out. I want it. <laughs> and I want to have a good spray tan. You're well, listen, just don't go crazy at the spray tan place and, and just walk a little bit more and you'll be fine. And I don't know about the thyroid. <laughs> yeah. I don't know about the thyroid. I think that's just, that's genetic, I guess, you know, well, and where I'm from, where I'm living now is close to Oak Ridge, a nuclear plant. And I think that's kind of spooky <laughs> and it's kind of done something. But I wanted to get back to something about Dolly Parton yeah, that please. I think is important. Please. When, because she has always said they think we're stupid. People think people are stupid in the South. And they always, they always act like, oh, that dumb, you know, and they treated her like that. And I've yeah. read where she said they think I'm stupid. And let them think it. I don't care. I'm, you know, whatever. I don't, she does not care. And she does not put on airs. And that's who you see. And she's authentic. And that's really who she is. And 
and I, I, I'm no Dolly Parton, but I've always, through, even when I was 18 years old, it just did not embarrass me that I was from the South, that I was from farming people. And I thought, this is who I am, and I got to be who I am. And I think, especially after the pandemic, people want authenticity, mm-hmm. and they want you to be who you say you are. Lean and, in, lean into whatever you yeah. are. If you're from the South and, and your experience, like lean into that. And that's what I've been doing. And once I started doing that, because I'm a very musical person and I started singing more on stage, I, the crowds love it. And it's, but also it's who, it's who we are. It's like, you can't, that's who Dolly is. That's who you are. And I'm who I am. You're right. You have to lean in and people want to know who you are and yeah. want to get to know you. Cause there's a lot of funny people and they're wonderful. But Brian Norman said to me, he goes, people come through here, Leanne, and they're funny, but people don't remember their names. If somebody can remember your name and they go, oh, that's, yeah, you know, because you put such an impression on them and they go, I want to know more about them. I want to know what they're like. I think, I think we're in a time where that's what is hip and, by, and selling and people want to see. Even if, you it, know? listen, no, I, I completely agree with you, but this is what more than just what's hip. It's like, even if you're like the biggest nerd comic in the world, there's an audience out there for you. You just got to find them. And once you find them, just nurture them and make shit for them. Fuck it. Yeah. Fuck trying to be global. It's like, that's, it's pointless. It's pointless trying to say, I want something that everybody can appreciate. Like you're dude, you'll post a clip or I'll post a clip and I'll get, hundreds of things that are like, this is funny, this is hysterical. And then I'll get another 50 that are like, this isn't funny at all, this is terrible. So go, all right, well, fuck these people. I'm gonna focus yeah. on the people that that are that are gonna buy tickets and that want to see me. Dude. Yes. I think we haven't talked about Dolly Parton in 45 minutes. <laughs> Uh, here, let's let's wrap this let's wrap this up, Lee. And I could talk to you all day. You'll be back. Trust me. I want to have you back. I know there's going to be more records on the podcast. Adam, is there anything that we need to mention about this record that I think is important? Let me just go through her stats because I feel like you gotta. We gotta talk about well, the Coat of Many Colors. Talk about is this the Coat of Many Colors album? Yeah, you gotta oh. talk about the title track for sure. But other than okay, that. well, hold on, no, hold on. Before I get into that. But she, but Dolly Parton is album certified gold, platinum, multi-platinum with over a hundred million records sold. She's had 25 songs reach number one in the Billboard country music charts, a record for a female artist. She's tied with Reba. Who could win in a fight, Dolly Parton or Reba McIntyre? I think they should fight to the death. Reba McIntyre is a scrappy little somebody. I've met her. <laughs> and I, even though her fanny is the size of two little AirPod cases, <laughs> I think I, they're both so tiny. My daughter said that Dolly Parton's waist was this big, and that so they're both tiny little women, but they're most scrappy. I bet most I bet they just whip until somebody died. Yeah. <laughs> but I did hear this the other day. What? I heard what? that that Dolly wrote Jolene and I will always love you in the same day. Hey, this is Chris Santos, host of Delirious Nomads, the Blacklight Media Podcast part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. Delirious Nomads is a podcast about all things heavy metal, as well as breakdowns of your favorite combat sports. And me being a chef and all, we'll be riffing on some food talk every week with very special guests from across the globe. Listen and subscribe at soundtalentmedia.com. 
Emily. Think that. about that. Yeah, think she's about that. No, I believe it. I believe it because she's. I can't even get my laundry done. I know. I mean, can you imagine? <laughs> I know. I got to go buy body lotion. I'm like, I don't know. I'll get to it eventually. And I can just go to my computer and order it on Amazon, which is which is proud support. I'm big supporter of Amazon in New York City. That's hey. I'm, I'm so against corporations. And I'm just like, you know, like somebody was like, don't you don't you ever go to Target? I'm like, I never go to Target. And he's like, why do you get all your stuff? Amazon. <laughs> it's just the worst, the most evil, like dictatorship, like corporation in the world. She's Dolly is she's special she's composed over three thousand songs uh you know jolene coat of many colors let's she's been inducted into the nashville songwriters hall of fame country music hall of fame songwriters hall of fame grammy hall of fame three times gospel music hall of fame uh and and like we said she declined being in the rock and roll hall of fame class of 22 but they're gonna induct her anyway and i i just man it's like that's so cool and i and i'll be honest this record I wasn't excited about it. I wasn't like, I wasn't like into it. I, you know, I listen to a lot of the records when I'm walking around or I'm working out and, and, and I would put it on and I'd kind of just hear it in the background, but, but eventually it just started like really settling in and I found the groove with it. And then yesterday was the first time I was like, Oh, I get it. Now I see why this is on there. And the song code of many colors is, I mean, it really is. It Her really is. Took all their fabric they were poor made her a coat and it had all these different fabrics on it you know there's been a movie she's done a movie about it and um and it it made her think of in the bible oh gosh and see i was raised methodist and no, i just ahead. made out with people during church <laughs> um we make out during the youth group honey we did horrible things oh, in the parking lot <laughs> oh we did and um but she um uh joseph of many colors in the bible so she said it was like his coat and and there's a movie about it you know she's a she's acted and is it has productions didn't she have a deal with netflix i mean there's several i should have studied no, next no, time no, let no, me no, study no, 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 no. you you give did, me you, prince give me prince and let done. me study little prince and she like okay done it, i i think listen it, it's even more it's even better i used to like study these the notes and i would spend 10 hours doing research on every record and it's like and then i would try to act like i knew everything about any question the guest would ask and it was so non-authentic because i would be in my head i was like oh i'm just reading and, and the audience knows that and they didn't know but still i think the reason this is great is that you everything you've said you've spoken from the heart about your love for it you've spoken to your heart about dolly we got to the background of you and then for me it's like i'm not gonna hide i don't i don't know anything about dolly Parton other than she has this huge boobs and and she's awesome <laughs> But and Jolene and I will always love you. Like and, and nine to five. Like and I think she did the nine Muppet to five, show. Little whorehouse, little whorehouse. And remember when she was with um, uh, Sylvester Stallone? And I don't know I, what was that movie called. And he had on a little jumpsuit. You could see his doings through his little jumpsuit. Yeah. And um and she it was like a, they were a romantic partner because I remember that because I went on a date with a guy at the University of Tennessee and I just was not into him. And we, he took me to a Mexican restaurant and I wasn't a big drinker and I drank a pitcher of sangrias because I was so bored. And then he took me to go see Dolly Parton and Sylvester Stallone in that movie. And I can't remember what it was called. And, and Rhinestone. 
and the and there's another time when the room span spun and I thought yeah. I was gonna vomit. Yeah. <laughs> that was a roundabout way to say I think the movie though. It was darling. But you remember it- Rocky, I don't you need to look that up because he's built so cute but tiny in his jumpsuit. Yeah, I he's not I don't think he's a big guy. Uh uh-uh. uh. His daughter played travel volleyball, and my girls played travel volleyball, and they were out in Colorado, and I didn't get to go because one I was in Indianapolis, one, and my husband was with the other one, and the and and Sebastian Stallone was there, and we're big people, we're big farming people. We've got thick ankles. We can work in the fields. Yeah. And so my my husband's six four, and so they he said, oh my gosh, I mean like he's tiny you know but tiny men look good in hollywood on camera oh, tom I mean, cruise that's I, that's why do tom cruise is five nine most of most of the hollywood actors are five nine so sly stallone is listed at five ten which probably means like five seven actually i would imagine five seven that. with a lift in his shoe yes yeah dude we just got if you're five nine just accept it and rock it because you're not short five nine's right there it's average right there and it's cute i like little men yeah I'm, oh i've made out with little men i don't mind that yeah you know all men are cute yeah Psh. yeah not all in the 80s in the, <laughs> in the 80s I in the, yeah, yeah, the feathered time. bangs yeah. like all that stuff you know the the t-top yes, uh, honey. like like car maybe like a half shirt oh man i'm bringing <laughs> so i'm putting on as soon as i'm done with this um, but honey, I, you were you were so much younger than me because you you grew up. You didn't. That wasn't your time. That was my time. You I were nineties. Uh, I, I was born in seventy nine, so the eighties were, you know, I, I, the eighties. But but I, it was like I was I was like a you know I grew up in the D.C. area. My dad listened to like it's so funny how how all the music my dad used to listen to I used to make fun of, and now I love all of it. Like I'm really into. Uh, the band the ink spots do you guys know who the ink spots are they have that song it's like if i didn't care i've been listening to that for like the last five days i love it so much and i sent it to burr i was like dude i'm really into the crooners and he's like this he's like this sounds like the music from a horror movie i'm like okay well it is but you know they use it a lot but it's really good but that's why it's like that's what this is why like even with this record it, it 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 in the initial listen I was like yeah this isn't my thing but the more I listen to it the more I can feel like you said you can you can you can hear the cast of characters that she's singing about and and you know about the human experience and and it's and what Dolly did so perfectly I think on this record was you know speak from the heart write what she knows because she wrote seven out of the ten songs on here and they and they just feel it's the same thing i loved about loretta lynn it just feels so real and uh-huh. and, it, and it really is something I'm, I'm really like i would listen to more dolly i think probably when this is over i have to listen to public enemy it's going to be a weird <laughs> it's going to be a weird <laughs> contrast but there's something about the mountains and the oppression and being you know because that's a hard life and they yeah. did coal to put to heat their homes to this day so up in east tennessee you know bluegrass um scottish irish people came and settled and all that music came from that and um uh sometime you need to come and see me in the foothills of the appalachian mountains my daughter i would love that because there's museums and Okay. I will be and in Nashville. Grass. Yeah, I'm 100%. This is not the last time we're seeing each other, Leanne. I am smitten with you. 
and I want to find out. With you. I want to find out how your thyroid's doing. <laughs> I want to keep okay. up with you. My sister's okay. a doctor, so I'll check in and I'll be like, "Let me take a picture. I'll send it to Jody, Doctor Jody, and she'll be like, "All right, she needs to get on more prednisone, reduce the size, or <laughs> yeah." Tell her that I'm also, and I and I hate to say this in front of a cute man, but I'm I'm menopausal, so sure. I got all kinds of stuff going on, but I'm okay. Everything's okay, and I can still. Jennifer Aniston's probably in menopause, you know. Hundred percent. Angelina Jolie, yeah. Angelina Jolie, yeah. Yeah. No, it's listen. That's that's the you know. I was I I was just talking to my therapist about this earlier. It's like I was talking about like man, I was like I'm 42. Am I getting too old for all this stuff? And I have all this great shit going on. And he's like, but so you can't stop it. It's gonna happen. So just enjoy the human experience and enjoy all the the ups, the downs, and 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 just try to just and just try to make this experience as pleasant as possible. And he was right. Like, yep, 100. percent Listen to me. I want you to listen to me, and I want you to receive this. When I was your age. At 42, I remember thinking, oh, my gosh, I'm getting old. And I, and I look back on it at 56. I look back on 42, and I think, oh, my gosh, that is so young. I know. I know. You've got so much time. Yeah. Don't let people make you feel like, oh, I'm getting old, man. I'm getting all that crap. You, you've you got so much time and so much. This is the best time. You're doing so well. you got yeah. all this going on. Yeah, you know, don't right. let all that drag you. You know? 100%. 100%. I, I completely agree with you. And to all the listeners out there that are, because we have a lot of like 40 to 50 year old listeners. We had some youngies, but the, the diehards seem to be about my age. It's like, we're all young. Enjoy the ride. Damn, Leanne, you rule. You rule. All right. I'm going to ask you these questions. These are the same questions I ask everybody to end the show. Okay. Um, all right. What was your favorite song on this record? Coat of many colors. Yeah, me too. It was. I mean, yeah. just unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. It really is. It's it's definitely the one that I'm taking away from this. Why? What is your what is the song on this record that you skip over? Honey, there were some. I was looking and I thought, oh my gosh, there's a lot of them I have not heard and I didn't know it. But um, my blue tears. That's funny. That's that was mine too. That was mine too. That's crazy. Okay. All right, this is the. This, <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna ask you. I ask everybody this: What song on this record would you fuck to? Oh, murder! <laughs> and I, I am in it's, menopause. It's a two-part question. And is this a album you could put on when having sex? I think it is. I think it is. I think. Do? It, I Which do. One? I, I think. Like, Tell I mean, me, and I'll try. It. I think you can put it on on track one, and and you can have sex to the whole thing. I think you can just fuck to the whole thing. Oh, the many colors when her little family's in a one room house in the mountains. But it's not about what they're saying. It's about the. It's about the vibe. The vibe. Here, let me put it on real quick. Okay. What about traveling, man? Is that is that kind of is. That I guess you could role play. You can fuck to co- you can fuck to traveling. I think you can fuck to all of it. It's all just That's a good one. Hold on. <laughs> oh y'all. You can you can fuck to this. I mean it's 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 southern fucking. You know what I mean? It's it's chicken fried fucking, but you can fuck In to it. In the woods. Yeah. Can, <laughs> listen, it's not a record I'm going to put on to have sex to. <laughs> But in in, say, in theory, yeah. you can have sex in this record, and I think with Code of Many Colors, you can like let me put let me just put the little the thing on because they'll add the music. More of a later. very white kind of girl, yes. you know. Back through the years, I go wondering. 
I mean, if, if they change the lyrics to like, well, I'm taking off my girdle and I'm yeah, flashing well, you I... my cooter, give me scooter, do penis. You know, it works. Maybe. But see, y'all got hormones and testosterone, so everything y'all probably, y'all like my husband, everything makes him think we could do it, yeah. you know? Yeah. You're in the hospital, Lynn, with a <laughs> fever. Let's do it, you know? I mean, that's just how God made you boys, and that's, and I dig it. I yeah. dig it. Oh, I love you, Leanne. That's All right, how y'all should be. Yeah, for sure. That's listen. You, 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 you know, we're not old until we start thinking we're old. So just be. There's people. That's what they say. The nursing homes are just like a cesspool of STDs because they're fucking like crazy. I know. I know. I got my degree in child family studies and crisis intervention counseling, and they had a whole. We had a whole semester about elderly people and how they're they do nasty stuff, and then. And they like steal carrots and zucchinis from the kitchen. <laughs> I can't imagine that at this point in my life when I'm exhausted and I'm on tour and I'm, you know, through an airport and afraid I'm, my flight's going to get canceled. Yeah. I'm not on fire right now, but maybe when I get to be 80, you know, hey, I'll be on fire. If, if, yeah. But, yeah. And like you will. And just, but don't lose that fire, Leanne. All right. Last thing I want to ask you, uh, what would be your elevator pitch to get somebody to listen to this record? Oh my gosh. If you want to feel and be in the, in the smoky mountains and be in the time in the, in the sixties and, and feel what it's like to be oppressed in the, uh, but but have love and have joy with your people, then listen to this album. 100%. God damn, you're awesome. Leanne, promote away. <laughs> Any, anything you want to promote, please go ahead. Oh, I don't know if all your hip people would want to come see a woman on tour, but LeanneMorgan.com. I'm 100 cities. I've got 30 left this year, and then I go start a new tour 2023. And um and I'm writing a book, boys. I'm writing nice. a book, but that'll be a while before that comes out. And I'm trying to think: is there anything else that I got coming up? Um, I was just on Kelly Clarkson, and I sat next to Jessica Beale, and we held each other because uh -huh. her husband's from Tennessee. Yeah, she was darling. Yeah. Um, but anyway, no, I mean, no, just uh, I'm out there touring all over the United States, and I can't believe it. And if anybody wants to come. Well, have a good time. Go see her, everybody. You, you're great. Leanne, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you, my darling. I've enjoyed y'all so much. Y'all are <laughs> precious. And if you ever come through here, I'll cook for you. Y'all can stay at my house. 100%. 100%. Uh, dude, you rule. Boom. Coat of many colors. The one and only Leanne Morgan. Uh, follow her on Instagram at Leanne Morgan Comedy, on Twitter at Leanne Comedy. Go to her website, LeanneMorgan.com, and check her out on the Big Panty Tour in your city. Listener shout out, DJ Morty Coyle. That buddy, he rules. I love him to death. Uh, he's not a part of the show in that capacity anymore, but I just love him. So follow at DJ Morty Coyle. All right, for new music, we have Brooklyn-born singer King Princess. You're listening to the song Let Us Die of her 2022 record, Hold On, Baby. And you can find links to the music on the website, the500podcast.com. And if you were in a band and you want your song played on this show, which I mean, we will play any song. I don't give a fuck if it's you farting into a microphone. If you send it in, we will play it. 500podcast at gmail.com. Next week is Black Sabbath, uh, Master of Reality. Their 1971 record. Give it a listen. Like we'll be all right.
What's up, everyone? This is Jay Reason, and I want to let you all know that Diablo Zen Podcast is now part of the Sound Talent Media family. 
Listen in as me and the one and only Danny Diablo, a.k.a. Lord Ezak, interview artists from the hardcore punk, metal, hip-hop scenes, and beyond. We have conversations with guests like actor Peter Green, DJ Muggs from Cypress Hill, L.A. street photographer Estevan Oriol, Jimmy G from New York City's legendary Murphy's Law, and pro wrestler Vampiro, to name a few. If you're a fan of good discussions, lots of laughs, tune in and join the fun. Hey, this is Mike Wiebe, and I'm the singer in a band called The Riverboat Gamblers. And I'm Zach Blair. I play guitar in a band called Rise Against. Mike and I also have a band called The Draculas, and we also have this great, amazing new podcast called Zach and Mike Make Three. Yeah, each week we're going to ask ourselves and we're going to ask our guests what three favorite things they are into at that moment or in their entire lives. And then we're either going to agree with them or we're going to make fun of them. And uh, you're going to listen to it and you're going to like it or we will make fun of you. How about that? I just flipped it on you, the person listening to this right now. But we're going to do it every week here on the Sound Talent Network. Once again, it's called Zach and Mike Make Three. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Next Chapter Podcasts.